Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osman, here with my friend and Chavruta, Ann Gordon. Our DAP today, Masachet Yivamot, DAP Samach Tet, page 69. Well, we have really one of the longest missions that I think we'll see for a while, um, or at least is how it's presented. Um, and Mishnayos uh, uh, are actually cut up when you look in an actual Perak Mishnah. But before we get to that... Um, the Gemara's in had quoted uh, Brisa actually on the previous stop, and one of the things that's mentioned there uh, is the following: the Rabbi Yossi Omer, pasul posel, pasul eno posel. Right, so Rabbi Yossi has this principle which says anyone whose offspring is disqualified, meaning disqualified from truma, disqualifies the woman with whom he, you know, uh, with, with whom he has a sexual relationship with. And anyone whose offspring is not disqualified from eating truma does not disqualify the woman with which he, uh, with which he has a sexual relationship with. So in other words, if the offspring is going to be, if any child produced from that union is going to be a problem, then that's also going to be a problem for the mother as well, um, and vice versa. So then the Gamar says, my Eka Bain Tanakama Lavrabiosi. So the, they want to understand what exactly is Rabiosi, because the Tanakama said that if you if there if a if a person slept with an Egyptian, somebody from Edom, from Amon, from Moab, any of those converts, okay, or with a Kuti and Asina Khalao Mamzer, you're you you disqualify the woman. So the question basically is what's Rabiosi adding here? Uh, with this particular statement. I'm a Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan says, Mitzri Shani v'adomi Shani Eka So what the difference is, is he is talking about a case of second generation Egyptians or second generation um, Edomites, right? So in that case, if they're second generation and they have a sexual relationship with a woman, right? According to the Tanakama, he would also disqualify that woman from uh, eating truma, right? She would not be allowed to eat truma. Um, and then, um, because in other words, that would, uh, so even the second generation, because they're still for, they, they still cannot actually marry into uh, the regular congregation. Okay. Um, but according to Rabbi Yossi, he doesn't because his son, who would be a third generation, in other words, if a second generation has a relationship with a Jewish woman, okay. And they have a child that's a third generation, let's say, Mitzri, you know, convert, right? They actually, by the third generation, they're permitted to marry regular. And so the Chiddush of Rabbi Yossi is, is that he's saying, once you have a child who sort of doesn't disqualify, in other words, there's nothing wrong with the child, then there's nothing wrong with that actual union that, that brought out the child. And so therefore, pre, between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yossi, there's going to be a difference between this second generation category. So then the Gemara wants to explain how do they arrive at this opinion. And so they say both the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yossi can derive their opinion from the example of the Kohen Gadol with the widow. Tanakhama suffered the Tanakhama holds. Ma Kohen Gadol be'almana should be ato posel. Just as a Kohen Gadol who you know, has a relationship with a widow, right? And that's somebody who he's not allowed to be with. And so therefore she's prohibited. And then he disqualifies her, but, you know, by having that sexual relationship. And now she's no longer entited to truma. Nami 
So too, this one, a second generation, right? Egyptian or Edomite convert, right? So who, even if he has a sexual relationship with a woman who doesn't have any issues with his, with her lineage, she also still becomes uh, disqualified from having truma. But Rabbi Yossi Savar Kohen Gadol. But Rabbi Yossi told, nope, we can also learn it from the Kohen Gadol who's with a widow. Ma Kohen Gadol Shazarel Pasol Uposel. Just as a Kohen Gadol who's with a widow, right, is somebody whose offspring from this union is disqualified. And he also therefore disqualifies the woman. Av Kol Shazarel Pasol Uposel. So to anyone whose offspring is disqualified, disqualifies. So in other words, Rabbi Yossi says, this has to sort of be true with all of these relationships that are not allowed. It's that it has to be that the offspring, that the relation, the offspring is disqualified and therefore it goes back to the source of that offspring. So this would exclude this principle. Excludes a second generation Egyptian whose offspring is not disqualified. And here they quote a pasuk. Um, you know, that allows that a third generation Edomite or Egyptian uh, is actually allowed to to marry into the congregation. Uh, sorry, this is a passage from Devarim chapter 23, verse 9. I didn't say the source. Children who shall be born to them in the third generation, they can enter into the congregation of Hashem. So, I, you know, I wanted to read this because I think it, it gives a little bit more. We talked a little bit about converts yesterday. This sort of gives a little bit more of a full discussion and that we see that even within the conversion category in terms of the disqualification or qualification of truma, right, uh, that even the gen- how many generations in you get, right, of that lineage, you know, this is a very big machokas between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yossi. And we actually can imagine was practically very, very different, right? Like you, according to, to Rabbi Yossi, this basically stops after the first generation. And by the second generation, this no longer would be an issue. And I think the real tradition of Rabbi Yossi here is, is that even though that second generation, I mean, if you think about it, it's an amazing opinion, cannot marry, you know, that that's not an allowed marriage. However, they could eat truma. I mean, like in other words, a woman who sleeps with them could eat truma. I think that's actually a pretty amazing Kiddush, that a woman who has a relationship with them, even though they're really not allowed to marry into the general population, that woman would not be disqualified from truma and actually could eat it. And certainly a child born of that union could be eligible to eat truma. So I, I think Rabbi Yossi's opinion is actually uh, pretty, pretty shocking, considering how much one of the things we talked about yesterday was sort of like how limited we make a lot of this around truma, right? That there's all these you know, categories of people who can be disqualified. And once you're disqualified, it's not like you can go back. I don't know if we emphasized that enough yesterday. Like once you're disqualified from truma, you're always disqualified from it. So I, I just find like Rabbi Yossi's Chiddush is actually pretty amazing. Um, I think there are circumstances where being disqualified from truma, sorry to disagree, but I think there are cases we could come up with where being disqualified at one occasion would not mean that you're, forever disqualified it depends on the why meaning a woman who sleeps with the wrong population right i'm talking that, about this particular category right forbidden you. okay that's I should fair have enough it that way. meaning right because certainly like somebody who you know gets married under t- kosher circumstances 
Right. Or the husband dies and then they go back to the father's house, meaning like there are certain circumstances where it would just naturally trauma would happen. And we've talked about those in plenty of cases. I understand you're being specific here and, and that does matter. You right. know? I should have said it specifically. Right. In, in the case of once you have this forbidden union, you are basically not allowed to eat, like disqualifies you from ever be able to have trauma, which is kind of amazing also. So my sense about all of this is that uh, it would have been at some point, it would have been really hard to keep track of it all. You know, who is second generation, third generation? You know, I wonder to what extent it was a practical edict, you know, just as a question. Yeah, maybe Rabbi Yossi's opinion was practical. Right. Like once you got past that first generation, it was much harder to keep track of. All right. Now we're on to our very, very long Mishnah. It's a long Mishnah indeed. So now we've got cases of one who rapes a woman, meaning without marrying her, one who seduces a woman, again, without marrying her. Whereas, is, again, it translates literally to mean a fool, but it means somebody who, I don't know, is of limited intellectual capabilities, I guess we would say, limited cognitive abilities, and, you know, nonetheless, uh, engages in sex with a woman and then does not marry her, meaning all of these cases, ones mafata vashota, um, they neither disqualify if the person that they have had sex with is the daughter of a Kohen, they do not disqualify her from eating truma. But if they were Kohanim themselves, they would likewise not enable a woman who is not entitled to eat from Truma to be able to eat from Truma. However, if they were coming from a population that is not eligible to marry, right, to marry B'nai Israel, to marry Jews, whatever, um, then they would, in fact, disqualify the daughter of a Kohen from take, partaking Truma. Meaning, again, if they're coming from, this is, again, a Gemara that, where the Gemara kind of leads into the Mishnah, even the Mishnah predates the Gemara, when any of these populations that would be prohibited from marrying Kahal Yisrael, then they would, in fact, disqualify the daughter of a Kohen from eating truma. Kate said, so how, do, how would this happen? Um, meaning, if we have here uh, the case of Yisrael, meaning not a Kohen, not a Levi, and that person has sex with the Bat Kohen, then she can partake of truma, meaning because she's still under her, the, the house of her father, right? Ibra, if she gets pregnant, then she cannot because the fetus, right, still has, we talked about this a few days ago, the fetus has that portion of the, of the, she's going to, the, the fetus is going to, you know, eventually be born and be Yisrael. And so that portion that the fetus has in the, I don't know what, the status of Kedusha means that she cannot eat from Truma. Now we have a particularly graphic description of miscarriage. Literally, it says that she, the fetus is cut from her womb, but it does not mean an external act, right? It means literally miscarriage. Then this Bat Kohen, if she miscarries, the bat coin can go back to eating from truma, which is exactly Yardino, what we were just talking about, that there can be a case, you know, not the the prohibited sexual re- relations, but, you know, just a situation where she can't eat from truma and then she can again. So what happens if we've got a kohen who sleeps with a bat Yisrael? So then she cannot eat from truma, meaning just because they have had this 
physical relationship does not mean that she changes her status to be able to eat from truma. Ibra, if she gets pregnant, lo tochal, she still can't eat from truma, even though um, the the fetus will grow, you know, eventually will become a baby who is a kohen um, or a bat kohen, I suppose, right? And the fetus does not enable the mother to eat from from truma. The you know the child has to actually be born. Yalda, then the child is born. Tochal, then she can. Which gives us this nice, I don't know, pithy statement where we see that the power of the son is greater than the power of the father. <laughs> Meaning the father of this child cannot enable his, you know, the woman of his liaison to partake from truma, but the son does, you know, give the mother, his mother, the right to do so. Um, still in the Mishnah. Ha'eved posel mishum bia, they know posel mishum zera. Excuse me, a slave will disqualify a woman. Um, again, you know, from partaking of truma if he sleeps with her. But ve no posel mishum zera. But if he is her offspring, he does not posel. He does not um, disqualify her. Kate said, "What does that mean? How does that work?" But Yisrael a kohen, but kohen Yisrael. So what happens? We have a case with a woman who's in, you know, Yisrael, meaning she's not the daughter of a Kohen, she's not the daughter of a Levi. She's married to a Kohen, or the daughter of a Kohen, a Kohen who is married to Yisrael. Either way, they bear a son, meaning the, she bears a son. The son goes and sleeps with, or in this case, Nikhbashi, conquers, I guess, uh, shifcha, a, a female slave. Um, and again, this is, it's, uh, it's a little bit of an idiom, but of course it means that he is, that he has slept with her. Um, and then she bears a son. Now that child of the shifcha is an evid, is a slave. So now you've got the, the grandmother, really, right, of the slave baby, um, that's the case here, right? Meaning the slave that disqualifies the woman from taking of truma, you know, is as offspring um, is not going to happen, right? If that grandmother could be eating from truma, she could be eating from truma and that's fine. Um, it's interesting to me that this skips a generation. I mean, or adds a generation rather um, to be able to say, like, we're not, the mother's a shifcha. So that's how the kid becomes, a, is an evid, but we're not concerned about the father. Um Okay, anyway, it's an open question, or perhaps it's not even a significant question, but I'll raise it anyway. So what happens? We say, if, in fact, the mother of the father is a Bat Yisrael, who's married a Kohen, then she can't eat from the Truma. But a Bat Kohen is with a, let me say this carefully, I don't want to get confused here. We have the mother of the father of a Bat Yisrael marries to a Kohen. So the father's mother was Yisrael, marries to a Kohen. The husband dies. She cannot have Truma because of the grandson. Who, like, meaning he's not a Kohen. He's a slave. right? And then, on the other hand, if she's the daughter of the Kohen and she's married to Yisrael and he dies, and again, the same slave is going to be the grandson, she still can partake of Truma because the Slave child is not 
I don't know. It's not very nice, but it says he's not gonna he's not considered, you know, to be the son of the Kohen. Um, but his parentage is then linked more strongly, I guess, to the Shifka, to the mother. Next, still in the Mishnah. Mamzer, posel umachil. So a mamzer would disqualify a woman from partaking of truma, and likewise enables her to partake of truma. Machil. Ketzad, how does this work? So again, by Israel or Kohen, or by Kohen Israel. Either way, if it's a daughter of Kohen to Yisrael, or a daughter of or a daughter of Yisrael to a Kohen, they sleep together. They have a daughter. We end up with a situation where, in fact, you can have the child, the child or the grandchild, whatever, be a mamzer. And in that case, right, then that situation would be, um, wait, I'm sorry, I have to read a little bit more. If the mother of his mother is a Bat Yisrael who is married to a Kohen, then she eats from Truma. But Kohen Li Yisrael, if she was a, the daughter of a Kohen who's married to Yisrael, Lo Tochal Batruma, then uh, she cannot partake of Truma even after the um, even after the husband's death because of the children that she has had. Um, okay, um, what, there's one one more chunk of Mishnah here. I do think that some of these um, details are going to end up, you know, they end up being a little bit more flushed out in the Gemara. And some of them, I think also, if you just uh, track it through, it becomes a little more, I would say, on the one hand, a little more simple, and on the other hand, a little more difficult, because the Mishnah states it very, uh, you know, very clearly, unequivocally, and then the commentaries just, you know, end up with disagreements over, like, the Mamzer, who's the son of a Kohen, can that Mamzer eat from himself or not? You know, and we know that there are people who do talk about a mamzer kohen, or even a mamzer kohen gadol, right? No, that's not true. I take that back. A mamzer kohen. Um, so then, the question is, um, you know, if you have a mamzer kohen, what does that? And then let's say he marries, uh, you know, whoever he marries, what does that do? Because he, he's not supposed to be marrying anybody who's not a mamzer or a convert, which is complicated if he's a kohen. Okay, so as I say, there's like there's like permutations and calculations and ramifications that are come out of these cases that are not, that's just not evident in the Mishnah, even though it's such a long Mishnah. It's long because of the many cases. Finally, Kohen Gadol, Ka'amim Shuhu Posel. So when we come to a Kohen Gadol, sometimes he would disqualify, and this time he's, we're talking, talking about whether he can disqualify his grandmother, because that's really the, diff, the, the additional generation that we're talking about from partaking of Truma. Sometimes he would do so. How? Kate Saad. Bat Kohen Li Yisrael, Yaldahimenu Ben. So we have a daughter of a Kohen who marries Yisrael. They have a, I'm sorry, Yaldahimenu Bat. They have a daughter. Vahalcha Habat Viniseit Le Kohen. And that daughter then goes and marries a Kohen. Vialdahimenu Ben. And they have a son. Harezet. And that son, of course, is a Kohen because his father's Kohen. Harezet Raui Liot Kohen Gadol. Omeid Umishamesh Al Gabehamizbech. So this same son, who's now the grandson, right? He is, in fact, fit to be the Kohen Gadol. He can stand up and serve in the Mizbeach. Ma'achil et imo. So he enables his mother, who's Yisrael, the daughter. She's a she's a, she's the daughter of a Yisrael and a Bat Kohen. So she herself, right, is still Yisrael. She this son then disqualifies. No, I'm sorry. Enables he he enables his mother 
to partake of truma, meaning he's a Kohen. Um, one second. Why hasn't she already been allowed to eat from truma? I'm missing something again. Oh, it means if the husband has died, right? Meaning if the Kohen husband has died, but he, because there's a son who's a Kohen, his mother can eat from truma. Um um but he disqualifies his mother's mother from partaking in truma because why because she's the offspring right the generation down from the israel husband so then the grandmother can say let there not be many like my daughter's son meaning this high priest because he he disqualified her from partaking of truma. Um, I don't have anything exciting to say about this Mishnah because really I feel like it, it's tracking through the cases, um, except to say, as I said, that there's a lot more commentary on each one of them once you get to the Gemara and you show them in the Halacha and so on. Look, I think it's trying to show you like there were a lot of permutations to this and a lot of different ways to get in, get out. Um, I think they're taking the time to just go through all these cases. I agree with you. I don't have like that much to say about it. It's in a way kind of like going back to our original Yavamos charts. It's just sort of tracking through all the individual cases. Yeah, and again, the focus is again on the kahuna, which I find to be, you know, we'll talk about it again and again, that these are the Chazal, we're talking about the Mishnah, Tanit times is you know, 200 years, 150 years, 130 years, depending on how you count, after Korban Abayid. So the people who are actively protecting the kahuna, let's say, are not actually serving in the Beit HaMikdash at this time. Right. I think that's a really important thing to keep reminding ourselves. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us, and all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Parber for hosting us on the Hajim website. Let us know what you thought about this stop in our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.